Welcome to How Do They Afford That, the podcast that peeks into the financial lives of everyday Australians and asks that very question, how do they afford that? I'm Michael Thompson. I'm a writer and co-host of the Fear and Greed business podcast. And as always, I'm with Tanner Campbell, previously a financial planner, now the founder of Sugar Mama TV, the financial literacy platform, which includes YouTube, podcast, Instagram, books, and more. Tanner, what have you seen this week? How's your week been? It's been great. You know what? Yesterday I took my girls swimming and we went to go get a quick sandwich for the drive home. And I went to this cafe. There was this long queue of people out the front and I finally got to the counter. A chicken sandwich was $16.50. For a chicken sandwich? Chicken sandwich. I couldn't believe it. Was it a particularly special chicken sandwich? It did have homemade mayonnaise, (laughs) but there wasn't even avocado in there, to be honest. Like, what is this world coming to? And I, I got to the like, I've, I've invested too much time queuing. I have to proceed ahead. And I was gobsmacked. And there, I looked around me and everyone's ordering. And they're not just ordering a chicken sandwich. They're ordering a chicken sandwich and a coffee and a slice and this and that. I was like, wow, where is all this money coming from? That is extraordinary. Isn't that insane? Sixteen fifty for one chicken sandwich. And it wasn't that big. Did you end up getting that chicken sandwich? I pivoted and I went with a quiche and the quiche was cheaper, but it was very, very small. Were you able to share it? We split it in the car. To be honest, it was- <laughs> Three crumbs each, $14. <laughs> it did have goat's cheese in there, probably didn't help with the price, but yeah, isn't that, isn't that That's, That is just ridiculous. Yeah. Look, yeah. And so, look, okay, that is the perfect way to kind of set up this podcast because it is all about how do they afford that? How does anyone walking into that cafe just on a normal kind of salary, just with normal kind of household bill pressures and everything, afford $16.50 for a sandwich. Now, we've got to say this up front, as you're listening, please know that anything that we talk about is always, it is general in nature and it's never personal, investment, strategic or product advice. It is purely for financial education purposes only. Exactly. We don't know anything about your financial situation, your goals, your deadlines, or even your risk profile. So should you hear anything that might be of interest to you and you think, hey, I wonder if I should be doing something like this for myself to get ahead financially, that is when you must go and see a financial planner and ask them for personal advice based on your situation and your goals. So we could probably expect that financial planners will will see a, a flood of people this week asking how to can I afford a $16.50 chicken sandwich. <laughs> it is the, the chicken sandwich bump for financial planners. Look, we've got uh, there's something we need to talk about today, and it's it could be a little bit delicate yes. for, for a lot of people, for a lot of couples, and that is this kind of imbalance between your approach to money. And uh, look, whenever, whenever you, your relationship starts, it's, it's always kind of fun and you don't really kind of get into the, the deep financial conversations straight up. But when you do, you're probably going to find out that there isn't, that you might not be quite aligned on your financial goals. And what do you do if you are a saver and your partner is a spender? <laughs> a little bit of an inertia, like the yin and the yang of a relationship. Look, it's not the end of the world Obviously, we have to be, we have to point out something like 30% of relationships end because of money. Really? Yep. Is it that high? Well, it's actually probably a lot higher because that's what's documented. So, obviously, we can't document 
interview every single person that gets divorced or separated and ask them what the reasons were. But it's what they have from the studies has been around, I believe, 32%. So I actually think it's probably a lot higher. But yeah, it's, it's a hard topic. But you know what? I believe it's fixable. When it comes to money, and as I say, the money, the, the topic of money is so emotional. It infiltrates into our health. It infiltrates into our career paths, our relationships, how we choose to spend our time. Like It, it really does impact our happiness. But it, it can actually be fixed. There is our solutions out there to get you and your partner on the same page and singing off in harmony together. Well, okay. Look, my circumstances... So my wife and I have been together for, for quite a while now. I have always been a saver. She has always been a spender. And yeah, that probably did cause a bit of conflict, particularly in, in the early days. But we kind of fell into this, this it actually worked quite nicely for, for a while there where I would be the boring one and make sure that kind of my, my salary went towards kind of paying the rent or paying the mortgage and, and the groceries and everything. And we'd use that to budget. And hers, she would kind of be the the, the minister for fun. That, that she, <laughs> she would be the one that, that normally, whereas I, if I'd been on my own, I would say, no, 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 I can't spend that because it's it's a bit frivolous kind of thing. And she would come in and go, no, have some fun. We're going to spend this. And so in a way, it probably actually helped me to lighten up and loosen up and and kind of enjoy money a little bit more. I reckon we're pro, maybe in the minority of actually finding a, a good balance there fairly easily. For some, I can, and we, we had some fights about money, of course, but you can see that for a lot of people, those would escalate and it's, and it just might not be fixable, but you're saying that it can? It can be, absolutely. And look, can I reframe your self-worth when it comes to your relationship with money? And you said, use the word boring. That's not boring. It's, yes, it's conservative, which is a good thing, but you've done it for your family's well-being, for their safety, for their protection, for their security. So don't go calling yourself boring with money. That's wise and sensible to, you know, be mindful of debts, be mindful of financial responsibilities such as mortgage or rent repayments or having emergency money. That's a good thing. You're coming from a good place, not from a boring, dull place. Excellent. So let's I'll, reframe I'll that. all that down, <laughs> yep, and wise, responsible. Yep. And as I say, it's the yin and the yang. You know, you guys actually balance out each other in perfect harmony from the sounds of it. It's about, as you say, finding that balance. And this is why I always say it comes from empowerment and education. So, for example, I had a girlfriend of mine, she has very expensive taste. She can shop and she can shop up a storm and she loves her designer goods. And her husband is a saver, very concerned with money, very wise with money, doesn't like to sail too close to the wind, Is likes to have control over the money. And so they would have huge, huge blow-ups. So when I sat down with them as a friend, not as a financial planner, I got him to explain from his side about what is important to him. And the moment he stopped and talked to her and said, the reason why it's important that we stick to our budget is because I want us to enjoy one day not having a mortgage. I want to make sure that next year we can afford to go on a holiday to Fiji and stay in this beautiful resort. And we can afford to, you know, take the kids with us or, you know, when he, as soon as he started stopping and actually communicating his why behind his actions and his attitude, it was really empowering for my girlfriend because she's like, 
oh my gosh, wow, I didn't know you were so protective of our financial well-being and you you care so much about our family. And she immediately started to see this was not about him being controlling or aggressive or stingy or mean with money. He actually was coming from a really important and very be- a beautiful, kind place. So communication is so important from the start because otherwise, because this, this can actually lead to a really dangerous situation whereby people can be controlled through financial means. And that is financial abuse. Yeah. There's, and we can talk about that in another podcast because that's a, you know, a very huge topic, mm. particularly at the moment. But yes, it is communication, but it started to empower her because all of a sudden she's like, she, within a few weeks, she was calling me to sharing with me what she's, how she's budgeting and how she stopped doing this and that. And, and she was now on board with her husband's goals, which are now not her husband's goals, their goals, her goals as well. And they started to work together as a team. And it was almost like a, a, they'd had a, a servicing of the relationship financial engine. And they were now moving along a lot more efficiently. They were talking, you know, about it was starting to evolve. It was no longer about the the goals of a holiday and being mortgage-free. It was about other things, about what other things they can start doing, like with their superannuation, with investing, all these different things. And it, it, it shifted the relationship and alleviated that financial stress. And he's like, great, I've now we're now on the same page. And because he's been so, I guess, taken aback by her stepping up and taking this seriously and, and understanding where he's coming from, he's also cut her a lot more slack and going, okay, well, I understand that these things are important to you, but let's put some goals in place where, okay, we can go out and splurge in this beautiful restaurant once we've achieved this or we've yeah. hit this savings level in our emergency account. So it's all about education and empowerment. And, we, and obviously I've just spoken about that empowerment and that communication, but education is really important. I, another set of friends, I'm like the financial counselor <laughs> to my, well, all this, the couples this is an me. occupational hazard for you, isn't it? Because you, you have been a financial planner. Anyone yeah. would know that if, hey, if they need some friendly advice, that they'll, they'll come and kind of have a chat, have a coffee with you. Exactly. And obviously I'm, I'm female and I'm often going, you know, the, the couples have reached out to me through my girlfriends and yeah. occasionally, of course, the husbands say, hey, can you have a chat to my wife about this or that? But I'll only do it to both of them in front of me. But education is important. And another couple, you know, where they were, the husband was was really important to them that they made some headwinds with their mortgage. Mm-hmm. And he spoke to me, she spoke to me, and they were at each other's throats about this. But when I got him to sit down and show her why paying off the home loan is so important, what benefits and value it brought to them as a family unit and how, and actually sitting down with a lump sum and extra repayment calculator, which are free and available on most banking websites, including my own website, and to show her the impact of a simple $100 per month extra onto the home loan, what that did and the amount of the tens of thousands of dollars in interest and time it saved off their home loan. She suddenly got why he was being quite adamant about sticking to the family budget and making sure that if they did come into some extra money along the way here and there, that they try and put a larger portion to that on the home loan. So all of a sudden she now gets it. She understands it's important. And again, the conversation has evolved into other areas of their financial well-being to improve it as well. So Education, empowerment, never controlling, aggressive, you know, demeaning, degrading. In, that's just going to backfire and, and repel you against each other. Okay, Kanna, there is plenty to think about there. We will take a very quick break and be back with more in a moment. So then, is it important, and clearly it is, 
But is goal setting really the key to all of this then? Because otherwise it would be so easy to come across as just being, from the perspective of the the spender in the relationship, it would be so easy to see your partner as just being stingy for the sake of being stingy. If you know that what they are aiming for, if you know that whether it is to be kind of mortgage-free by 50 or that it is for an overseas holiday or for the kid's school fees or something, that if you know that there is a purpose rather than just being tight because they're tight and they are born tight and they'll be tight forever, that there's something then that they can work together towards. It's their why. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Because if we don't have a why, it's soulless, it's meaningless, and we will rebel against it and snap and, and have a blowout. And But when you know your partner's why and you get that it's important and you agree with them and there's something I think very admirable and even, dare I say, sexy or, or, or attractive when you see your other half trying to do something for the better of the family that serves the family in a very powerful way, you want to support them. You want to be on the same page with them. You want to help them as well. And it obviously it flows in both ways, but absolutely a family is a unit. It's a team. Let's come back to that. And that is why you've got to work as a team and, and, you know, divide and conquer. One person is great in the relationship, same maybe with the budgeting. The other person's great with the understanding the, the nitty-gritty of the of the financials. You've got to work and divide and conquer, but also communicate. And having goals is great because it gives you a deadline. So, you know, for example, we've just moved house and so we've had to redo all our finances. And the other night in bed, so sexy in our bed, um, Tom's got the laptop on his lap. I've got my the phone banking app and I'm like, okay, honey, I think we need to have a minimum amount of this in our offset account at all times. Extra money goes over here. The budget accounts have been set up. You've got X amount in your account. I've got X amount in my account. We've got X amount in the family living account. We need to make sure we stick to it. And then putting a goal behind it and going, all right, if we can do this, that means we can get to have a, you know, to take the kids away for a weekend. This means you get to go and have your boys weekend or your golf weekend. This means I get to maybe have a night in a hotel. Like we, and setting mini rewards, but having them as mini goals is also really important. Having a goal for five years time, 10 years time, you're going to lose momentum. You're going to lose motivation. So having a bit like the thousand dollar project is about lots of mini bite-sized goals, but also having lots of mini rewards along the way so that you build momentum and it feels good. You you feel excited. You feel empowered. And you're like, all right, cool. We just knocked some more for our home loan. We just got more in our emergency savings account. We got more in our deposit account. You know, we've got more in our retirement accounts. Like all these things really do help you feel good. And then, you know, as I say, progress fuels success. When you see it's working, even if it's not necessarily working at the same speed, you want to keep going. It's like almost like gamifying your finances. You're like, okay, it's working and we're going in the right direction. You have a great sense of clarity and purpose. You know, you want to keep going. And then if you achieve a goal, you feel inspired to go, all right, what can we do next? What's the next goal going to be? A lot of it requires discipline. And this seems to be a, a common thread now between these episodes is that a lot of it just requires you to set a goal, whether that is a budget, as we talked about in our last episode, a budget for your, your household groceries or setting a goal, even if it's a, a weekend away in a couple of months' time. That is kind of like a near-term goal rather than a, a paying off the mortgage in 20 years or 30 years. You still need some discipline to stick to that, don't you? You do, but discipline is like a muscle, I believe. And when you have a why, I don't even ever 
question the discipline in my life. I just do it because I know what it means for my family. I know Tom and I know our whys. We know that it's important for us to be mortgage-free because this means we'll be able to travel more. We'll be able to cut back to working sort of five days a week, three days a week. It means that we can, you know, if we want to, we can put our kids in different schools. If it means we can take our kids on amazing holidays in school holidays, we get our whys. So for us, it's it's not about discipline at all. It's about accountability. Okay. Joint accounts. Yeah. Okay. This is, again, kind of we're working through the the kind of relationship stages of kind of having these conversations early in the relationship and kind of figuring out kind of where you both want to be and setting some goals and things. You get to the really practical element of, okay, when do we have a joint account? And if you've got a joint account, kind of how much can each of us spend and, and how much do we each need to be contributing into the joint account? To me, it, it feels like that would be fraught with danger. <laughs> okay, I have a, a formula. It's not a magical formula, but it's backed by a an attitude. And I actually put this on TikTok mm-hmm. about how Tom and I manage our money, our, our family finances through joint accounts. And it went mental. I had something like within the first couple of weeks, I think I had 500,000 people watching it. Wow. And okay, so it comes to the principle of the family is a, a team. It's a unit. We pull together our finances and our incomes as a team, even though we earn different amounts. Because at the end of the day, we're a team. We don't define our value based upon how much money we bring in. Because how is that fair? Does that mean, say, a nurse who works in an emergency ward department or in a children's hospital earning, say, $75,000 a year, uh, working five days a week is worth less or has less influence or power or value in the family as, say, her other partner who might be working, you know, as a CEO or a director or a, um, you know, some other in some other capacity, say, earning $120,000 a year. Does that mean he has more power in the, in the family because he earns more? No, it's about pulling together and being a team. So when Tom and I started to have joint finances, and I feel like we almost need to do a podcast where I explain how we do our finances. Yes, please. But Tom earns money, I earn money, it goes into the one account and then we divvy it up. So we have a family account, which is for all our joint living expenses. And that's like food, home and contents insurance, health insurance, maybe some wine, or all those things that come out of there. And then we each have our own separate account. So Tom gets a certain amount and I get the same, same certain amount, so equal amounts. So, and that's for our own sanity money. So that's for me, for example, I have a personal trainer once a week and I will pay for that at a moment because that's my choice as to how I want to spend money. And Tom might go out for the boys and shout, Tom loves to go to the pub and like shout everyone around of drinks, which would infuriate me if that was coming out of a family account. But he can, that's his business to spend his money and his equal allocation as he likes. And it, it just works. We only once recently have we argued about money, which was something completely different and I can share in a podcast about that another time but it it just works as we have separate we have our spending boundaries we respect each other's value systems which are, are different and we get equal amounts so it's really up to us how we manage our money but we understand the responsibility of sticking to the family budget and what we get we have to it has to last us for the whole entire month so if I blow all my money I I have to rein it in for the rest of the month and vice versa okay I I started by by talking about how I'm a saver, my wife is a was a spender, and over time though we that has kind of we've kind of met in the middle, and so it's it's actually ended up in quite a good 
quite a good place. And I started out really managing most of our our finances. And over time, Sean has actually kind of taken over a lot of that, which is great. And I feel like we have kind of found that 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 balance. I'm leading somewhere with this and I know I'm opening myself up for a huge amount of criticism. Just hearing how neat your finances are and how kind of well well organized they are. I'm bracing myself for this because <laughs> We pull all our money, uh, any money that I earn, any money that Sean earns, it goes in together. I completely agree with you about it. doesn't matter who earns more. It is going into the family unit. And so that's, yep, I completely agree there. From that point, that money then gets split up into not one, not two, not three accounts, but about 19 different accounts across four banks. 19 bank accounts. <laughs> I feel sorry for your accountant. <laughs> yep, yep, I do too. And um, and look, it's a system that I, I'm sitting here listening to your description of your accounts, and I am green with envy because it sounds so simple. <laughs> sounds but, very minimal. Oh, it sounds great because and what we've done is kind of got one account that's home expenses or home maintenance, another one that is all insurances and all these, just so that you know that. And we have calculated in a very kind of large spreadsheet kind of exactly how much per month we would need for every kind of insurance, like home contents insurance, health insurance, car insurance, everything. And that goes in there so that when those direct debits come out, there's always going to be money there. But then we're like, okay, well, we better have have a separate one for this and a separate one for this and a separate And then we've got 19 accounts in the end of it. It's a system that works, but yours just sounds so simple. Look, it takes management and it takes time to get the hang of it and get your head around it. And I always say budgeting and cash flow is like spaghetti bolognese, making spaghetti bolognese. How I cook spaghetti bolognese is going to be different to how you cook spaghetti bolognese to the person next door. You've got to work out your, you know, what is your preferred way of cooking spaghetti bolognese and whatever works is the right way. So if that those 19 bank accounts work for you, then that's what you should keep doing. But if you think, no, this is not, this is actually really exhausting having to manage 19 different accounts, well, then perhaps it's time we have a little chat about how we can declutter your bank accounts or the number of bank accounts. (laughs) But if it works and it keeps you debt-free and it keeps you achieving your goals, don't try and fix something that's not broken. Yeah, yep. Look, I realize I have just done basically what your friends do and various other people and they see you there and they just, hey, this is a chance for a bit of a... Free advice. <laughs> free advice, indeed. General advice only, General educational advice, purposes only. That is, that's right. And so, look, if we kind of come back to where we where we started, it is it is clearly something that if there is that Im- imbalance in the relationship, it can be it can be fixed. And as something as simple as each having a little bit of separate money that you can spend on whatever you want. Is there any judgment attached to what's what that money goes towards? No, it actually helps a bit creates a bit of healthy competition Ooh. and banter in our relationship yes. because our, all of our accounts are transparent. We each have equal access and I can see for example, and this is quite funny cuz I've caught Tom out telling a few porkies where like he's out with the boys and said, yeah, yeah, I'm coming home, but I can see a transaction where he's just shouted the boys another round of drinks Excellent. at the pub. And I'm like, busted. busted. Yes. And as I said, it's got we've got complete transparency. So I can see where he's spending money and how much and vice versa. And it's funny, like I remember one month, like I bought myself like some shoes or something. It was quite expensive. So my allocation for the month went down quite quickly by quite a decent amount. He's like, oh, can I like, so you bought some shoes. Like you're going to have to hang in there for the rest of the month. Someone's going to be on a tight budget. Like, 
And, you know, it's funny and, and vice versa. And I'm like, oh, so what time did you say you left the pub? To come home, like that's Fantastic. funny. I can see the oak at nine thirty-eight. Like transaction here, and like it, it actually works because healthy competition and with completely transparent, and it's it makes it it has a bit of fun into our relationship. And I will admit, for complete transparency, every now and again we've both blown it. Like, and we're like say four or five days short from payday, and I'm like, honey, I've 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 had a blowout. Like I'm. I've got about $20 in my account and and Tom will be the same. And that's when we go, okay, all right, we need to top each other up from the emergency savings to get us through to the end of the pay cycle. Or we have have a bit of a laugh and go, well, it's two-minute noodles for the rest of the week for you. And and it just it just works. We're on the same page. We, we've got a common goal that we should communicate and we, we regularly talk about it. Like obviously we don't talk about it at dinner every single night and we've got three kids um, each with different needs and and you know, things going on, but we talk and we were on the same page and we want to, we want to support each other. We see each other working hard. We see each other trying to do the best we can do. We want to alleviate that financial stress in our lives because we know what it brings. So when you are down to that last $20 in your account, that is not the time to buy a $16.50 chicken sandwich. Oh, no, 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 no. We're living off literally noodles. But also there have been times where, you know, we help each other out. We've got each other's backs. And this is, I think it comes down to having a healthy relationship on a base level, there have been times where Tom's like, I'm short and I will just put money in his account from mine without touching any emergency money or anything like that because I've got enough in there and it's about, it's not, it's not. It's very generous of you. Would he well, do that back for you? He certainly does. Oh, Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. It just works. It's ebbs and flows. I said, we're a traffic light director, like, or what do they call Air it? Traffic Air traffic control. Air traffic control. one of those ones. Yeah. Yep. Like where you're like, yep. stop there. I've got to focus on prioritizing this traffic coming through here. Yep. Just wait there for a minute or two. That's what we're doing with our budgets. It's, it's, it's ebbs and flows. We're always moving. All right. So after today's episode, what's the one thing that we should be thinking about? We should be thinking about communicating to our partner our big why. What are our goals and dreams? Why is it so important and how we can both help and support each other to achieve those goals in a fun, efficient way? All right. Thank you for listening to How Do They Afford That. Remember to hit subscribe or follow and please leave us a review as well. Next week, we are talking about investing for your kids. It'll be a good one. Don't miss it.